0: All right. Uh, Well, welcome back, everyone. Good to see everyone here. Welcome back again, everyone online. Um, And happy Mother's Day again to everyone. And um, uh, so, uh, there is a town, uh, there's a small town in Michigan. Uh, You guys have probably never heard of it. Um, It's in this town, I could walk into any store on Main Street. And uh, when they ask me who I am, I would just tell them my name. I am Lars Hammer. And they would go, oh, Hammer with an A-R. And I'd say, yes, you know how to spell it. And then then they would say, oh, Hammer, yeah. Who's your dad? And I'd say, Paul Hammer. Oh, and who's his dad? Harold Hammer, you remember him. He used to be the teacher at the one-room schoolhouse on Marion Road. And then, he, and then when he retired, he came back, bought the schoolhouse and the house on Center Lake. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm sure I'm like, yes, and his brother was Bill Hammer out at the family farm out there. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of those, it, you, and I could go through this town and I could point to you, the farm that Bill lived in, I could point to you the farm that my great-great-grandpa built. Well, all that's left of the farm is foundation now but I could point to you to the foundation where there used to be a house that he built by hand. Hand! And, um, and then I could go into town and I could point to you the house that he also built in, by hand. And, um, uh, and I could go into the church and I could point to you the stained glass windows that have names of my relatives on the windows still. Because the way it was, was if you bought a window, you got your name on the bottom of it. And... Um, so, I, you know, I haven't been in this town, I haven't been in this place for years, uh, but I know people, there's still a lot of relatives there. I have family there. I'm somebody, right? In this town, I'm, in that town, I'm a somebody. I'm not a nobody. I'm a somebody. I'm not a big somebody, you know. Um, I'm not the president of the Lake Osceola State Bank or anything like that. But I have a family identity there that says that I belong. And um, it's the one town, like I say in America, where everyone knows how to spell my name right. That's why I always have that song in my head, you know? Sometimes you wanna go where everybody knows how to properly spell your name. Do, do, do. And well, I see if YouTube cites me on that for copyright violation. Um, you know? It's, this is how it used to be kind of everywhere, right? You know, you had a family name, and it came with a reputation, and it was your job to maintain that reputation and make it good. You know, don't go sullying the Hammer family name by doing something stupid, you know? Don't make a weld that you have to grind. If you're into welding, you get that joke. My Hammer family, they're all into welding. The apple fell far from that tree. I'm the black sheep of the family. I don't know how to weld. Anyways, don't do something stupid that ruins the name because you have a sense that you belong. And that sense of belonging, it came to you. You didn't earn it. You just got it. It was just given to you. And you know, But most of us don't live in small towns anymore, right? And even the small towns have changed a lot. They're not like they used to be. People have moved out. But I mean, honestly, how many of us here can, can say that most of our family lives in Tucson? Yeah. Not most of us. We might have some, but it's not enough to make a difference. It's not like, you know, when I go over to the Ace on 22nd, they're like, oh, yeah, you must be Paul Hammerson." No, I'm the guy that buys spray paint, actually. That's how they know me there. You know, we, we, we might have a little family around, but it's not the same. In a big town, how do you become a somebody in a big town? Well, you have the old-fashioned ways, right? Uh, you could have lots of money. Uh, there's athletics. There's politics. You could own a big business. People know you for, for that. You get noticed. You, people pay attention, right? There's another way in this day and age uh, to become a somebody. There's four words. Like? Comment, share, subscribe, right? The internet, that's how you can become a somebody. And you can rise from a nobody to be a somebody. And you don't even have to do anything valuable for humanity to do it. You might. You might enlighten us with great knowledge or make us aware of causes or educate us or something. Or you might drive your BMX bike on the roof and crash into things and have people laugh at you. Or you could just sit in front of your screen and get mad and rant about things. Or you could sit and play video games and then make really loud, obnoxious commentary about it while you play. Oh, look at this, I'm going to get the microphone. Right. Oh, look at that, he's going to get it. Oh, he's taking my, oh, I'm to get the, my... the microphone. You can't tell I've heard any of these videos lately, right? Or you can take a video of... of of other people doing things. You could take somebody else's video and then just sit there and go, whoa, and call it a reaction video. And then you get the money from their video. Oh, there's the possibilities are endless these days. You could become an influencer on Instagram. You could go hike to beautiful sunsets in Sedona and then take a picture of yourself in your athletic wear. And do a, you could do a yoga pose. I don't know if this is a yoga pose. Uh, and so, you know, this it's more like walk like an Egyptian, but um, right. You can become an influencer, and with all that attention, in essence, you become a somebody. It, it, it's not like a family. It's not like those people on the internet are going to be at your bed if you get cancer. You know, it's not like they're going to care once you stop producing. But you know, for that moment, you build an image of yourself, and you get this attention, and you get a reputation. And you get to be a somebody. But notice how those two ways are so very different. In the one, who you are is given to you. It's inherited. And it's fairly permanent. It's not easily broken or lost. In the other, you get it by getting attention because you have something that other people want. The money, the fame, the power. So... When we turn to God, when we turn to the scriptures and and we open them up and we ask God for help, and we look to the Bible for answers, answers to prayer, we look for wisdom or revelations from God, there's a couple ways we can do this. One way is to ask God to help me be a somebody in this world. I can ask God to make me successful at something that, that, that will get me the things that other people want to have or wish they had so they 'll look up to me and want to be around me and they 'll recognize me and validate me I can ask God for money or fame or for power I can ask God for a new promotion or that secret that special secret skill that will give me an edge over bill in the cubicle next door so that I can get the promotion I can ask God to give me good better looks or more dates or or more followers, or more attention. In other words, I can ask God to help me be somebody, to help me be something the world will recognize as a somebody. So God essentially becomes the tool, the, the means, the, 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 ladder, the ladder that takes me up. And this is one gospel, and it gets preached a lot. You know, you pick the identity that you want and ask God to make it happen for you. And there are preachers who fill literally fill stadiums with this telling you how God is the tool for you to become the world's somebody. How God is the tool that will get you those things. Have more faith, have more belief, follow the right lessons, follow the right guide, study the right wisdom and, and, and God will deliver for you the world's somebody-ness. God will get you that thing that will get you noticed. And all those things that ask you for by themselves are not bad. You know, I'm all for faith and belief and following God's law and getting guidance and studying scripture and being wise. But here's where I'm going to tell you there's a different way. It's asking God guidance and studying and scripture and gaining wisdom to be what God made you to be what God made you, not what the world rewards, but what God made you to be. You see the difference? What God is offering us is something deeper and more powerful and more permanent than likes and shares and groupies wanting to be around you at the corner booth at the back of the club. You know, what God is offering is not a way to a sort of shallow identity in the world, but a real identity in him that is given and permanent and not breakable so it says in john 1 12 to all who believed he gave the power to become the children of god do so you think about that for a minute children of god god is adopting us god is taking us on as his family god is attaching his family name and his brand to us and vice versa so that anyone who believes is not a nobody. You are a somebody. You belong. You have a place. You are wanted and you are needed and you are important and you are a part of something and you are not alone. You are a child of God. And that's the most beautiful thing when you think about it. You are somebody to God. And maybe this is something that's you know always maybe a little easier to understand or maybe something easier to want to take on if you don't already fit in in the world, if you don't feel like the fame of the world is within your reach, if you feel like you're not going to be the kind of somebody that where you are, seeing how God takes you in, it means something. To those who fit in, or who really want to fit in, who like that prosperity gospel, which promises that God will get you to the world's place, the world's love. But on the other side, there's the humble gospel of John promising us a new place in the family of God, a new identity. That's why the early Christian church tended to be filled with so many people on the outs of society. There were not a lot of Roman governors and and, and wealthy landowners and big, big traders who joined the church initially. Not none. If you look through the book of Acts, there's a few. You know, Barnabas has a whole bunch of land in Cyprus and he sells it all and gives it to the church. But they're really the, they're my, the minority. Most of the church, it was for the losers. It was for prostitutes and slaves and laborers and peasants and, and, and women and widows. It was for those people who weren't cool enough To make it big in roman world and and that was supposed to be an insult and the romans would say that about the christians and that was supposed to be an insult but it really was an acknowledgement that the church was being a compassionate and welcoming place and helping people to find an identity in jesus christ that that world that world that roman world wouldn't give them at least not one that was good and what made the A listers at that time hate the early Christians so much was that those people were happy in their new family with their new identity. And they were perfectly happy not playing by the Roman system, which was all about climbing the ladder by kissing up. Of course, our world has ended. That doesn't exist anymore. But that was how it worked. And suddenly now you got all these people who basically saying, I'm not going to play the game anymore. I have a place where I fit in. I don't need to climb the ladder. I don't need your patronage. You know? And and as they found that all these people were happy outside the system, it made the system less important. And that was a threat. Because an in-crowd isn't an in-crowd if there isn't an out-crowd. And if the out-crowd doesn't care if they're out, then the in-crowd doesn't mean much. It'd be like winning homecoming king and queen and standing on the stage and nobody shows up to watch are you still popular you can't have other groups accepting and loving people for who they are that ruins it all so that's the other kind of church the church that doesn't tell you you're a child of God to form a new community of acceptance and says "I I don't need that stuff right Instead, it tells you that God will help you climb the ladder to be the one day you can be the big shot, to keep other people out. And I don't know about you, I could never reconcile the Jesus I knew from scriptures with the that sort of with that worldview. The Jesus who traveled around and healed lepers and hung out with you know sinners and tax collectors who for, gave forgiveness to adulterers and. And, and partied with prostitutes and people of lower reputation that, to try to reconcile that Jesus with the guy who's going to help me beat Bill in Accounting so I can, you know, advance my social status. I mean, it's not a bad thing to beat Bill in Accounting and be the CFO. I would say good for you. Now you can do a lot of good with that position. But being CFO will never be a place of belonging, like being in the family of God and being adopted as one of God's children. So, you know, it isn't, it isn't a huge secret where I lean, right? I go back and I say, you are somebody. You belong. You have a place. And you are wanted and needed and you are important and you are a part of something. And I would say, you are a child of God. And when you think about that, what a beautiful thing that is, Right? That you are somebody in God. And you are adopted and you're a part of God's family. Or you have a family name. It's Christian. Or Jesus follower, however you want to word it. You are a child of God. And God claims you as his own. I remember, I remember sitting at a youth rally in Chicago, over on the west side of Chicago years ago. And this rapper got up on stage. And... uh, he was, he was doing lots of music, he was also giving his testimonial about uh, his own life. And he was explaining, as he was a kid, that he was growing up, and at a certain point, his parents divorced, and his dad had to move off to, I don't know, somewhere, like off to the West Coast. He was in Minnesota. Dad was going to move to, like, Seattle or something. And, his da- and they were sitting at the airport, getting a hug. This was back in the old days, when you could stand in front of the gate and give a hug. And... Uh, and, and he was hungry, and the dad was just crying, crying and telling his son, you know, look, I, I got to go. I, I don't like this. This is, I, I, I have to leave, but this isn't, I, I don't want to leave you, son, but I don't have a choice. I think it was a work thing. I don't remember exactly, but he had to go. And so the dad got on the airplane and, and, and left. And, and this, the rapper says he stood there and he, he looked around and he realized that it it was just him and his mom now, and so he looks at me, and he says, he said a prayer, and he looks up and he says, God, be my daddy. And I remember hearing this going, oh my God, that's the corniest thing I ever heard. (laughs) God, be my daddy, really? Not God, be my dad. God, be my daddy? You're a grown man. But, but, when he got done with that talk, the stage, he got mobbed on stage. All the kids started getting up out of their seats and they were up there surrounding him. And you know who it was? It was young men. All of them had these stories that sounded a lot like his. A dad who wasn't there, a dad who wasn't around, a dad who didn't live up to the expectations of being a dad. And, and, and he sat there and, and, and they all, he looked at him. and he said, yeah, I know where you're at. God is my daddy. And they were all, it was like not a dry eye in the room. These were some kids that they looked so tough, they scared me walking down the hallway, and they were bawling. And so, yeah, I might have find it a little hokey, but you know what they learned? You know what the message that came through that I couldn't see because of where I came from? That message of how powerful it was to say that you are a child of God. And maybe this is something that really is easier to see if you aren't the one who feels fits in and you don't feel like the fame of the world has always been within your reach. If you feel like you're somebody who's never going to be the somebody by the world, I think this gospel means something. You know, it's not a secret when you look at the two ways of faith, which way I lie. You know, I was never the biggest fitter inner I was never gonna climb the social ladder. You know, I still don't get lots of likes and shares on my videos. I think if I hit 40 for a devotion, I'm like, yeah. And, and, and then I go and I look at how long they actually watch it, 37 seconds or something. Then I go, oh, I'm a nobody, I'll never be an influencer. Better go to Sedona. I, I've never been that person. I will never go down with impressing the crowd or being rich and famous. But I will say that I found God's acceptance as a child. I found God's acceptance when I couldn't find it everywhere else. I found God's acceptance in college when I wasn't feeling that. I found my place as a child of God and it kind of made all that other stuff not worth it. And I hope you can find that too. Amen.